Welcome to part two of our discussion with Kriti Sharma about AI. If you haven't yet, be sure to check out part one, where we talk about the many usages of AI in law firms and how to address many of the concerns about AI in the legal field. My next question, which is about um, you know finding the right right tool and and integrating it, and um, I know different size firms have different resources. So um, I'm sure there's not a, a one size fits all kind of uh, a thing. But um, you know what what can firms that don't that have less resources. Uh, what should they be looking for um, when trying to choose an AI tool that can best help them and deliver value? Yeah, that's a great question. So, Justin, with the um, with the current wave of um, of AI, especially post GPT four three point five, we are uh, we now live in a world where software is able to understand human language and human intent incredibly well um, than it did before. And what that means is a creation of new forms of companies or products or tools that do not require a lot of specific implementation or configurations or long time, long cycle times or specialists on your teams to deploy them. Um, an example of that is, um, is Core Council, which is um, the leading AI legal assistance. Um, it's part of Case Tax, is a company we acquired a few few months ago. Um, what it really means is these tools, you can just get started with um, very little implementation time or no implementation time, just get going. So you can start to understand the value of these tools and run the pilot and see what the value is and how quickly your users can adopt and, and embrace it. Um, the user experience is so easy. You know, we've all seen how quickly um, ChatGPT and other similar tools grew because they're so easy to use and there wasn't much of a learning curve or implementation time period. And I think the bar for software products, B2B or business business products, business applications, um, the expectation from the users is, is now just just very, very high in terms of make it super easy. I just don't want to do a lot of work. I want the experience to be top-notch like I have in my consumer applications world. And it's becoming quite true. So for smaller firms, you know, just using these lighter tools that you can just get started with without much effort and implementation and learning curve um, would be very advice. It would be my advice to just go get started with tools like co-counsel and case sex and others in this category who are, who are just so easy to use. The most important um, uh, or sometimes overlooked um, part, though, is identifying the most important use cases to your business. Um, and we've always talked about in the business world, you know, what are the important problems? The same thing applies here. And so identifying the most important areas for your business, whether it's reviewing documents or doing legal research faster or drafting agreements faster, what are those use cases that you want to first champion and how would you measure the success? Uh, it would be an important um, aspect to consider early on. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know you mentioned earlier asking questions when, uh, you know, looking for the right AI tech or, you know, any, <laughs> any service provider at all, but, um, specifically what should, what questions should firm leaders ask, uh, 
when looking for the the best product for them um yeah so i i think um it would be very important to align it to the needs of your business say for example if you are using um you know, if your if your users are already comfortable with tools like Microsoft Word, then and you're looking for an AI based drafting product, you would want it to integrate. If you're using Microsoft Copilot or Google's Word Text or whatever, anything that's connected to existing habits, just asking the question: Does it work with the stack I already have? Because it's not about chucking it all away and starting from scratch, right? It really needs to change and work within the um, mental model of of the users. Um, asking questions about what data. Is it trained on? Um, how do how do the um, suppliers intend to keep up to speed and up to date with the rapidly changing um, technology in this space? Right, the changes we saw, the pace of progress is only going to continue throughout the rest of this year and beyond. So, what are they doing to continuously invest? What's the longer term? outlook, um, what kind of customer success um, capabilities do they have to work with their business on the change management aspect um, of it? And um, and frankly, also just asking some harder questions about data biases and algorithmic biases and how recommendations are made by these systems, what's behind that, what's the work they've done, and then their views on how rapidly these suppliers might be willing to work or adapt to the changing regulatory landscape in this in this space. Are they up to speed? Are they working through it? Are they working on it? Um, all of these are really important questions. And it's not just about who has the best technology, but it's about copyright. It's about IP. It is about security. It's about making sure it uh, these tools work within your existing environment and they follow your policies and frameworks. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about regulation. And I know when we talked earlier, this was something that you're you're passionate about, and uh, I'm sure you're you're not alone. Um, so, what uh, you know, what regulations uh, do you see coming soon? I, you know, I'm, it seems like it's you know not enough, not not quickly enough, but uh, but you know. Where do you see regulation heading? What do people need to be uh, be mindful of uh, coming down the road? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I passionately feel that regulation and legislation, when implemented in the right way, is going to be a real driver of adoption and healthy adoption, safe adoption of AI. Um, I also belong to the camp where I think it can really drive innovation um, in a more meaningful way if we, if we are rational about how we apply and implement it. I am disappointed in how long it's taking to to get clear, clarity on regulation or some, at least some sort of an alignment on like-minded um, democratic nations, for example, on AI frameworks and policies. Says so I come from a place of great hope, but um, um, impatience. Um, I would say of all the uh, pieces of work that are out there, the um, EU AI Act is really leading the way at the moment. And the approach that they've taken is very well thought through um, for the most part. You know, the uh, Just a short update on, on it for those of you who don't spend as many hours reading to legislative um, proposals as I do and commenting on these drafts is um, a very well thought through risk-based approach to 
AI regulation. And it's, I, I find that framework helpful because it's very similar to how we all think about business life as well. So you think about you know, what are the highest value use cases and then medium value and then low value. And then similarly, we think about what are the highest risk use cases and lower risk and medium risk and low risk. Um, and this regulatory framework is quite similar to that approach. So I think it would find many businesses will find it an easier um capability to adopt so just the way i talked about for your own business think about highest value um, lower risk use cases and, and chart your own roadmap for ai implementations um, the eu ai act has a similar framework in place on how we should treat um, very high risk or unacceptable risk use cases versus the lower risk ones and that would help us um, entangle the ai debate ai safety debate because the um the AI, um, AI tech world, I would say, is quite polarized. There's one camp, which is um, one extreme, is just focused upon about well, focused on the AI issues here and now, like um, algorithmic biases, transparency, that that sort of work. Um, there's the other extreme, which is really focused on AI safety impact on the future and is going to destroy the world. Yeah, some very extreme scenarios, and these things get quite. Um, bundled together often and it becomes just too big a debate to have and so creating these sort of risk-based frameworks with very high risk versus medium to low really helps us get more clarity which is what we need to apply AI because if you're working on um, you know, reviewing lots of lease agreements to get a deal done faster that's a very different risk um, risk approach to using AI in um, in nuclear uh, scenarios or some you know some more harmful more um, more challenging or geopolitical uh, geopolitical situations so it's it's a very different level of risk and using these frameworks helps us break down the noise right and uh, obviously there is a lot of noise about it um, but certainly you know getting legislation completed and passed is you know, an incredible challenge, uh, you know, just about everywhere nowadays. So, um, you know, I know people are working on it, but, uh, but, you know, I know it'll, it'll take some time, but certainly needs to happen. Um, so before we go, there's, there's two more things I wanted to talk about that were in the, uh, future professionals report, um, that I know are also key to the AI discussion. Um, and the first thing is kind of the longer term impacts of AI and how, uh, and how professionals are, are seeing, um, are kind of predicting that that's going to evolve and impact their firms. So, um, you know, what kind of are those impacts and, uh, and, you know, where do you see that headed? Yeah, so we uh, we hear a lot about from our from our clients um, and our uh, just broader industry about the hopes and dreams with AI, but also what does that mean to the to the core of their business and and the offerings that that they bring. Um, I really believe you know we're now in a phase where the tech is here, but it's really about how we change everything else around it. When it's change management, is is designing for humans, is creating new value exchange for businesses new forms of, I mean, whether it's AFA, alternative fee arrangements, billable hours, model tweaking and changing 
the pyramid structure of firms becoming more linear and so on. These are all very, very important questions. Um, the big um, hope that um, I think we need to spend more time on as society and, and as an industry really starting to, to rethink is, um, is how we give value back to society as a whole using this technology and the gains that it brings us. So the productivity and efficiency gains are super clear. But once we get those, what do we do with it? Um, we can start to create larger scale affordable access to justice. We can um, bring the barrier down to entering the profession. We can improve the quality of life of people who work in the profession. So there are some real needy challenges and uh, and opportunities for us to really think through in the in the coming years. And it's not just about do we have the smartest model that helps us build the best draft of an agreement in the shortest amount of time possible. It is what do we do with human capacity? How do we train people in this field? Can it be a great leveler of um, who gets to participate in this field and grow their careers? Yeah. And then uh, the last thing is is how, and I know uh, we've talked a lot about what's uh, you know, top of mind for firm leaders, and this is another thing of uh, talent and you know, making sure they, they have the best talent uh, doing the best work uh for them and um you know obviously as ai helps in the efficiency productivity space it'll also affect the the talent space so you know how how so um what uh you know what uh do firms need to be looking out for as it affects their you know their employees and their recruitment I think a big part, um, in addition to using AI to improve the quality of life of um, colleagues in the firm, um, just also so important to always have the learning mindset in in place in the times that we are given the times that we are in today. Um, just to give you an example of my own team, last um, eighteen months has been a very, very wild ride in terms of constant change, constantly learning, constantly adapting and pivoting to new technologies, becoming a better version of um, ourselves every day. And we work in tech, which changes so much. Um, yeah, so we have to constantly learn. Um, and it really helps one think about um, creating a culture of learning, of innovation, of testing, implementing, learning again. Um, and so there's just... Change is the only constant, as as we now know, and it's we're only we're right now still living in a GPT four world. We'll move to a GPT five world at some point, and things will change again. So, being uh, very focused on cultivating the right culture is very important, and thinking about talent more broadly. So it's um, um, a mix of technical skills, being able to adopt AI tools, getting the most out of them. These are newer and more unique skills. Um, there are new careers and new jobs that will emerge, that are starting to emerge. You know, there are um, areas like prompt engineering that that has come up. We have we see great success from exceptional lawyers, top of their field, training AI models for a lot of which that we, um, we launch to our clients. So um, just taking a more broader view of talent and the learning mindset is, um, is, uh, is I think, just the most important and because um, there's so much more uncertainty. But what we can believe in is Great people working on hard problems, coming up with fantastic solutions together. Yeah, 
and uh, that's it's key to any project and uh, you know implementing AI is no different so that that definitely makes sense yeah and I do hope Justin that um, we can create more diversity and equality in the um, in the workplace by leveling the playing field now if, uh, people can come from many different backgrounds we see this in our research um, the expectation from our customers and um, and, and people in the industry that you, know, you can welcome people from many different backgrounds in the creation of legal services or legal tools, legal tech tools and AI, because um, it's a lot easier now to do so. So I'm very excited by that. Right. Now me too. Um, well, thanks so much for, for being here, uh, Kriti. I think that was, I mean, that was a lot of great information. And, you know, I think every time that we talk about AI, there's always something new to, to unpack. And, um, and so, you know, always, always something new to learn. So, um, you know, I'm glad you could update us on on the latest. Sounds great. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Justin. Of course. Thanks to our uh, listeners, viewers, subscribers for tuning in. Um, please uh, subscribe to the ALA YouTube channel. Uh, leave us a like, leave us a comment, tell us what you think. And... Uh, um, of course, you can always learn more about ALA at alanet.org. Until next time.